Welcome to Spooky South Coast. Tim Weisberg here, along with science advisor Matt Moniz. We are here to talk about the paranormal, as we are each and every Saturday night. And I just have to transition over here on Spooky TV at SpookySouthCoast.com. If you want to watch the show as you listen, if you are new to the program, if you've never heard us before, well, where have you been? We've been on the air for almost 14 years talking about the paranormal most Saturday nights. I, I like to say each and every Saturday night, but last week we took the week off because of the Mass Paracon, which we'll talk about coming up during the course of the show tonight. We will also talk about the upcoming slate of things that are going on because we are in Paranormal Christmas. We are in the holiday season. If I could sing, I would sing, but I can't sing, so I won't sing. But I'd probably sing. The rest of us would appreciate that. I'd probably sing. It's the holiday season. Because it is. That wasn't bad. That wasn't terrible. No, no, no. But I only sang one line, so... Correct. I'm well, pretty, let's keep it at that. I'm pretty good for, for that amount of time. But uh, we are very excited because this is the time of year that we live for. Pretty much, uh, to me, Halloween season starts right after Labor Day. But the time that the rest of the general public is ready to accept that it's Halloween season <laughs> is October 1st. So we're actually in Halloween season. I'm pretty geeked up for it. Uh, we actually, uh, I, I had my first library lecture of the season. Uh, Excellent. That was this morning in Centerville at the Centerville Library out on Cape Cod. Very happy to report, by the way, that Tiki Port hasn't changed since the last time I've been there. If, uh, if you haven't been to Tiki Port in the last you know, 10 or 20 years, it's exactly the same way you remember it. Looks the same, smells the same, has all the same uh, menu items because they still have the exact same menus, that uh, <laughs> you can't figure out what to order. Uh, but for those of you who don't know what the heck I'm talking about, years ago when Spooky South Coast started, we're talking 2006, uh, back in those days, Derek Bartlett yep. and the group Capers, uh, they used to have, uh, what was it, like once a month on Friday nights, they would bring in paranormal speakers right. to Cape Cod Community College. College yeah. And that's how we first met Jeff Belanger. That's how we first met John Zaffis. Rosemary Ellen Guiley, uh, you know, they brought in well, a lot of great speakers. I knew them before. Then. Right, right. Yeah. But that's when you yeah. know, Spooky South Coast yeah. was introduced to them. And uh, so we would always go out to these, you know, free lectures that Capers would do. And then afterwards, Derek would invite us to go to Tiki Port mm -hmm. for Chinese food with everybody afterwards. And I had gone there as a kid because I used to live in Sandwich when I was younger. And Tim so... 10, 15 minutes down the road. Yeah, yeah. that was our local Chinese yeah. place if you, if you wanted Chinese food. And uh, we would go on Christmas. Like, that was our family's tradition. We'd go have Christmas dinner at Tiki Port because we all loved it. And uh, so, you know, when when I went back with Derek, it had probably been 20 years since I'd been there. And No, no maybe not 20, like at least 15 years since I'd been there. And I was like, wow, this is exactly as I remember. And then today I'm sitting there. I'm like, it's probably been 10 years since I've been there. And it's exactly like I remember. <laughs> and, uh, and, of course, they also give you the, 
uh, the little pineapple chunks at the end of your meal. Yeah, a lot of places don't do they that. No, they don't. It's hard to find anybody that does anymore. The, uh, some folks were telling me the place in Carver does it too. But you know, that's that's how you end yeah. a, a Chinese food meal with the plate full of fortune cookies and the bowl full of pineapple chunks. And I was by myself having lunch, and they still brought me just the same amount of pineapple chunks they would have brought anybody else. So I was pretty pretty excited about that. And uh, and you know, you get the the tea and yeah. the oh. That, to me, is going out to eat at a Chinese restaurant. I don't care. I love sushi. I like the hibachi. I like all these other things that are associated with you know some of the more modern Chinese places. But I like to go to those Polynesian palaces where they have the, the, yeah, the, the cheesy you. decorations and they're selling all the little uh, souvenirs in the glass case. You know, that's, that's what feels like a Chinese restaurant to me. So I was very happy that nothing has changed there. Uh, so if you head on out to the Cape, I recommend it. All right, that covers the snack portion of, of the show tonight. <laughs> well, well, at least to start off. Yeah. But that's, uh, that's what was going on as I was doing my first lecture. I put up um, on, on the Facebook page, both on my Facebook and on the Facebook page for Spooky South Coast, you can find all the lectures where I'll be out and about talking about different paranormal topics. Uh, they're all free, so you can come out and check them out. If you've never heard me speak, you know, what better way to hear it than free and not have to pay for it and have yeah. to ask for your money back afterward? So um, I know this week and th- on Thursday, I'll be at the Tuxbury Library. That's a haul. I know. And I'm speaking at 7 o'clock, so I'm thinking I probably need to leave Fairhaven at like noon <laughs> because I'm going to hit traffic. And, uh, and I want to make sure that I'm there with plenty of time to set up. But I'm going to be talking there about presidential paranormal, which is a new lecture that I, I developed over the winter last year because I thought, hey, people want to hear about ghostly stuff even when it's not October. And so I tried to find a topic that I thought people would be interested in having me come and present when it's not the paranormal season. And I said, well, you know, February is uh, President's Month and all the different President's holidays and now all one yeah. holiday. Okay. But, you know, yeah. but that's when all the birthdays are celebrated. So um, I, cur- I created the Presidential Paranormal Lecture and, and, and people seem to like it. So it's being presented a couple of times here in the October run. And then I have a couple of other libraries that want it again uh, in February and March. So you know, hopefully people can come out. What's funny is that's the only lecture that I do that I need to keep notes in front of me. <laughs> because I, it's like the one thing that I don't want to get anything wrong is because it's actual, real, factual history, history that people will yeah. call me out on. If you make a mistake on the paranormal stuff, you know, yeah, if you I, misspeak or something, people are usually like, yeah, whatever. He just had his story wrong. But you start messing up presidential history. Oh, People are like presidential trivia buffs. Yes. And they will call. It'd be like if I was doing Civil War ghosts. You know, it's like I'm, I kind of stay away from that topic because there's so many Civil War buffs that would just call me out on anything that I misspoke about. So, uh, yeah. So come out on Thursday. Uh, we're going to talk about some other things that we have coming up. Uh, this Friday, we're going to have our annual event in Wareham. And this year, you know, I, I've kind of been slagging a little bit on booking the events mm-hmm. uh, and people have been asking you know what's been going on i'm just so busy with everything that i have to do in my day job and filling in on midnight in the desert and all this stuff and i i knew that dave had um a schedule this year dave schrader the host of midnight in the desert now that the holzer files has debuted and now that he did the haunted salem live that happened the other night we can talk about that if people want to call in and discuss uh but with with all the stuff that he had going on i knew i'd be doing a lot of fill-ins and I knew that I was also going to be outgoing to all these libraries. So basically what that turns into is a day where I'm working, 
leaving work, going to a library, speaking at the library, flying home, hosting Midnight in the Desert, going to bed at 3.30, 4 o'clock in the morning, waking <laughs> yeah. up at 7, going back to work. So I tried not to book a lot of events because I don't want to be half-assing it when people are coming out to these events and just being tired and you know yeah. nodding off in the middle of the events. So I was kind of holding off on booking anything. But Wareham likes to have us come out and, and help them raise money. Uh, so we booked a special Friday night event because all their Saturdays are booked up for October. So we have a special Friday night event happening this Friday uh, where you can investigate the Fearing Tavern and three other historic haunted buildings, the Old Methodist Meeting House, the One Room Schoolhouse, the Union Chapel. These are all buildings where, uh, with the exception of the Union Chapel, uh, which we'll always investigate anyway because why not? It's right there in the same parking lot. Yeah. And they're going to have it open, and it's cool to get in there and check it out. But I think that's the only building that I haven't had a paranormal experience in. I don't know if you have in the chapel. In the chapel itself, not anything that I could say would be a direct. I mean, we we had there's, a couple of interesting obvious yeah, things. Yeah, and there's and been stuff. like you know some Ouija board stuff and yeah. things like that. But I wouldn't. No I, EVPs. Right. No. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't run out there and tell people, like, you have to come and investigate this chapel based on what we've had happen to us there. But the other buildings, I would say that for sure. The post office school, definitely. Yeah, there's in this one-room schoolhouse. And everybody the, all focuses on that one spot. The back section yeah. of it used to be the post office. And, I mean, I know that we hear the term, you know, there's a, a dark entity that's there. There's something there that doesn't like people being in there right it's not that it's malevolent it's just upset that you're right you know, yeah and so it kind of acts out when people are, are there and investigating uh so i mean i've had plenty of things happen in that location with that entity there uh the meeting house has its uh, share of activity that's yep. actually where uh, jeff belanger cut his first evp at, and his first evp we should point out after he'd already been in this business for about 15 20 years yeah it wasn't like uh, it was when he was just starting out. This happened a couple of years ago. Right. And he was using the Spiricom tones, and an EVP of a woman's voice came through. And to this day, he will still tell you it's the only, what he considers to be legitimate EVP he's ever captured in his career. And so that's a, a pretty cool spot. And then, of course, the Fearing Tavern, where yeah, we've had so many crazy. things happen. And I have to say that the Fearing Tavern has been ramping up in the activity over the last few years. Uh, the last time, I don't know if it was the last time or the time before, I think it was the last time we were there. You know, we've been having this increase in shadow people activity, this increase in figures that we see walking through the attic area. Now, the attic area has kind of always been, as much as there's all yeah. kinds of stuff that happens in the Fearing Tavern, the attic has been especially weird for us. I mean, that's where we caught uh, on the... A number of in the in the old days when we were using a ghost box, that's where the ghost box was calling Jeff Belanger by his first and last name, and he would it would call yeah. him and he would come up and say what do you want and it wouldn't say anything and then he would leave and it would call him and yep. um, but we've had tons of stuff like that happen up there, but the shadow figures have been kind of a new relatively new phenomenon in the last few years, and last year, what was fun and and if you remember. Way back in, what was it, 2007 or 8, whenever we investigated the tavern for the first time. 2008. And we had Mike Markowitz with us. Yeah, all his EVPs. And he's, he, it was funny because he set up all, he set up his. It's also when Andy got his uh, little Tinkerbell mm -hmm. video, yeah. But when, when 
when Mike came to talk to us, uh, we, 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 at the time, Matt and I were working at the diner. And we said to Mike, why don't you come on a Saturday, Sunday afternoon when the diner is closed and we'll sit and we'll listen to whatever it is that you find. And he told us that he had like a hundred and something yeah. class A EVPs from one night of investigating. And we're like, no, Most no, no. Most he's ever gotten in one. Yeah. We're like, no, no, no. You're supposed to get like one class A EVP in your career. He's like, no, I've got like a hundred and something. And he played each and every one of them for us. And we were blown away by pretty yeah. much every one of them. But if you remember, one of them was the sound of an iron gate slamming. Yeah. Show. Yeah. With a voice afterwards that said, Christ did penance. penance. Yeah. And we couldn't figure out what would cause an iron gate sound yep. in the tavern because <laughs> there's nothing in there that would indicate that. Not now. Not now. Yeah. And and we had known the people who had lived in Well, I knew one of the, the people that I had lived in it when it was a private years, residence. For years, yeah. And he's like, I don't remember there ever being any kind of an iron gate. You know, our immediate thought process is, was there an iron gate in the basement? Was there like a storage area? Uh, the gate that they have put in to the tavern area, it's not heavy enough to make this yeah. sound. It's just a metal. It's also made gate. of wood. Is it wood? But yeah. it's, either way, it's like it's not it's not what we heard. Yeah. And so um, we had really no, nothing to go with. And then uh, at one point, one of the docents said, you know, they, they would jail people here. I'm like, oh, well, maybe that has something to do with it. And the last time that we were there, uh, our friend Cameron was with us. And Cameron happened to be looking at one of the staircases in the attic there's these uh these like ladder type staircases that go up to where yep. they would have had you know we in modern times we'd look at it and be like oh a skylight but it wasn't a skylight right it's what they would open up to let some of the air out of the attic uh back in the old days and so uh on the side of one of those he found tick marks that looked like somebody was counting down something and then we found these holes that looked like there might have been some sort of a peg that went in there, and he and he's like, "Was this like a jail at some point?" And then all of a sudden, it dawned on us: this would have been where they would have kept people then, because you could pen somebody up in that area pretty easily. Yeah. And so we think that that might have been that area, which that could explain some of these shadow figures that we see walking back and forth. It could just be people who were locked up and just pacing it's, back and forth. It's also, from what I understand of the history, with with they garrisoned those um, Hessians. Mm-hmm. Uh, for those that don't know, back in the Revolutionary War days, the the Crown hired basically soldiers. They were called Hessians, which were German, German mer- soldiers. Yeah, German mercenaries, and that correlates with what we know from history because they got lynched in during the Revolution. Uh, that's one of the battles that happened here. That happened there in Wareham. And what was interesting was. Mike Markowitz is in a collection of EVPs, and you know, are you a soldier? And and the response where, when Mark asked him, "Where do you stay?" and you got the response, "The attic," mm-hmm. and it had the full felt, straight out straight out accent. Yep. I mean, some of that stuff was uh, incredible, and a lot of it is in uh, his book. Uh, yeah. If you if you get Mike Markowitz's book on EVPs, you can hear a lot of the stuff that was captured at the Fearing Tavern. Uh, we got stuff where it was talking about the American Revolution. Yep. We got It stuff. was describing things in the house. Yep. We we asked, uh, there were these holes that were in the wall, in, in, in the kind of... Uh, baseboard. The baseboards of the house. And we were like, oh, what are those holes all about? Not even thinking. And, and the spirit answered our yep. question and said, we got mouse holes over here. Oh, that's what they're for. They're mouse holes so the cats can get in. Yeah. To chase the mice because it was a tavern and he served food. Yeah, I, see, I didn't, I didn't realize. Like you know, watching Tom and Jerry as a kid, and yeah. you would see like the mouse hole, and Jerry would come out of the mouse. 
I didn't realize that they they put those, those holes those. in there on purpose. I thought like he had dug himself out a door, right? And but no, they that's they, they would have those. So it was kind of funny that the EVP answered our question. Yeah, uh, and we that had was crazy. The little girl's voice asking, "Do you want to play dress, dress up? up?" That one was probably still, the creepiest. Still freaks me out. Well. The one that freaks people out the most, I've oh, kind of gotten basement? used to it, but that was where we caught in the basement uh, an EVP, at, you know, basically saying it committed murder. Hey, Grandpa, I killed, uh, hey, Ash, yes, I killed Grandpa. And if you go to um, YouTube, if you type in Fearing Tavern, F-E-A-R-I-N-G, Fearing Tavern EVP, you can hear that for yourself. Listen to that and tell me that you won't immediately go run to SpookySouthCoast.com and buy tickets for Friday night. Well, I think the craziest experience i had in there was witnessed by that um that reporter that young girl Mm -hmm. and um it was that classic stormy night with lightning and rain and the the room was fairly dark and i was watching that figure you know poke out from behind the window and the little young reporter girl's like what are you looking at? And I pointed and it did it for her. And she's like, Oh my God. And then the thing rushed at us, put its hands on the door and I had my camera ready. And of course she starts scaling me like Mount Everest as I'm trying, you know, and she starts screaming. And as you can verify, she was, um, quite, uh, animated for the rest of the night. So you would, <laughs> you would think she wouldn't want to ever do anything like this again, based on yeah. her reaction of it. Well, Carolyn, yeah, reached out to me. Oh, recently. she's coming back. <laughs> she's coming back. She lives in Oregon now. Okay, but she's coming back this month, and she's like, "Do you guys have anything going on? I want to come out and do some ghost events with you." And uh, and unfortunately, it didn't fit in the window of when she's going to be here for us to have anything going on. But oh, did she bring that up? She did, and, and I hooked her up though with she's going to be doing an investigation in Barnstable at the old courthouse. Okay. Uh, she's going to be doing something there with our friend Wendy Patterson, who does a lot of stuff down on the Cape, and uh, they set that all up, and and she was able to buy the last two tickets for that so it worked out well and i think she's going to take a tour in plymouth with our friend jeff campbell who's going to call in a little bit later on to let us know about something he has going on uh but right now on the line we have the founder of rise up paranormal in rhode island uh ken DaCosta. he is the man behind the ocean state paracon and he's joining us because ken you made a pretty big announcement today regarding the future of of the ocean state paracon coming up this summer Hi, Ken, are you with us? Yeah, yeah, you're kind of cutting in and out. Too. Oh, sorry so, about that. Uh, it's okay. Hopefully I'll stay with you here. Thanks for having me. Uh, and thank you for, for calling in. Uh, I was I was telling Moniz before the show, you know, you make this, this big announcement that, that really kind of shows the uh, the level that Ocean State Paracon has reached. Uh, and, and, and there was uh, some strange blowback to that. But w- w- what is the big announcement regarding uh, this year's Ocean State Paracon? Yeah, we were, uh, we were taking on a little water here, but it's all good. Um, what we've decided to do after six years at uh, the Assembly Theater in Harrisville, which has been a, a really positive thing, and we appreciate our time there, we've just come to that point where we need to take a little bit of the burden of a, an outdoor festival off ourselves. So we um, talked to the people at the Plain Ridge Racing Casino a couple of weeks back. We met with their coordinator, and just uh, kind of on a lark, we said, for grins, let's talk about um, the possibility of um, them hosting something like this here without making a commitment. And they showed us the facilities. And uh, 
we were just blown away by the capacity, the space that they have, the amenities they have, um, you know, the um, quality of the location. And um, a couple of us had discussed it. And we said, uh, you know what, this all makes sense to us. Um, Let's commit to this. So um, we have done that. And in 2020, next year, the Ocean State Paracon will be held at the Plain Ridge Racing Casino on uh, July 18th. Now, this is big news because it immediately takes away one of the biggest question marks. It always happens every year with the Ocean State Paracon, that being weather. If if we get a downpour, if we get a thunderstorm, it won't affect the, the convention at all. Yeah, I mean, um, just to peel back the curtain here, I know anybody who's put on an event, we all know that uh, the amount of work behind the scenes, the things that people don't see is pretty intense. And I can tell you that running an outdoor event, there are a lot of things that, that go into it. I mean, just physically, you know, you know, getting tents, tables, setting up, permits, tax regulations, uh, food trucks, and so forth and so on. And uh, three weeks out, I'm already paying attention to the National Weather Service every half hour and keeping our fingers crossed. And, you know, we've been blessed, uh, other than a couple of sprinkles um, that we've had at the event, you always run the risk of a washout. And, um, you know, what do you do in that event? You can't get everybody that comes up here from Florida or Maryland to speak to just, you know, hey, you mind coming back next week, you know? Right. Um, so it's pretty work intensive. And um, the committee that we've had together for about eight years now, everyone had decided last year that last year was going to be the last one. And they've earned the right to say, hey, listen, you know, we just want to step away. We're a little tired right now. There's so many other things going on in our life. And this takes up uh, an inordinate amount of time. So they've earned that right. And we respectfully said, okay, that's fine. Well, you know, but maybe if we can get something a little less intensive, we can continue this and try to continue the work we do in the community to help people, advocacy groups with dollars and things like that. So, I mean, um, we looked at it that way. I mean, ultimately, the purpose of this event is to help people who, who need our help, whether we have it, you know, in Massachusetts, Rhode Island, beyond the sun, whatever it is. We just want to have something that makes sense so we can perpetuate this thing, keep it going, and do some good in the community. And this is going to be a lot less work-intensive um, for us. So, um, you know, there was no falling out with the rest of the people. We remain and always will be the closest of friends, but Hey, listen, you know, everybody earns the right to say, you know, I've had enough. Everything's got a shelf life. So this is done in the spirit of trying to continue this event on and continue to build on what we've had in the past. And, and I saw, you know, you made the announcement and this should be a, a celebration of, of what, you know, the Ocean State Paracon has risen to be and all the thousands of dollars. I think I read $40,000 that you've raised for right. charities over the years. You know, right. this is this is a chance to take that to another level. And instead, sure. you're getting blowback from people. First of all, the biggest complaint that I saw was that, well, you're in Massachusetts. How is it the Ocean State Paracon anymore? <laughs> yeah. Where, you could spit from Plain Ridge Park over yeah. to the Rhode Island border. You're not that far from the border. 
No, I mean, and and the way I equate it to tomorrow, the New England Patriots are in Washington, and they're not going to change their name because you know they left the region. They're still going to be the Patriots. They're still going to represent the region and and everything like that. So um, it's just a matter of you know we're registered with the Secretary of State and you know the Feds for our I uh, EIN number. You know all of that stuff. Uh, on paper as the Ocean State Paracon. So, um, you know, it's not like uh, we're moving the Paw Sox, you know, to Worcester or something like that. You know, ultimately, I mean, the response has been overwhelmingly positive. But, you know, um, the way I look at it is that a lot of these people have supported it over the years. So, you know, we'll let them have their say for a night and, you know, express their, you know, regrets that, you know, we're moving it out of here or something like that. But ultimately, um, when you make a decision like this, you make a decision what is in the best interest of this event. Believe me, we've looked into other venues in Rhode Island. And uh, as I tried to explain to a couple of people, it doesn't matter. They they charge you like it's, you know, you're having the royal wedding there or, right. you know, there's a limited parking um this is not the kind of event that we have at a VFW somewhere. I mean, there are certain criteria we have to meet to be able to pull this off. Last year, we did almost a thousand people. Um, you know, so you have to bear that in mind. But, you know, more money for the rental means more money for the vendors, more money for the general public, and we still want to keep this affordable and ultimately possibly less dollars for the designated charity. So you get to weigh all of that out. Right. And and I saw that one of the, the problems that people seem to have was that, you know, it was great having it at the Assembly Theater because you're dealing with being in Harrisville and being in the same town as the Conjuring mm-hmm. House, the same town that Andrea Perrin lived in that house when everything from the Conjuring happened. But I would argue as much as she is kind of the star of the show when it comes to the Ocean State Paracon every year, it's about more than just one person. And right. so by moving it out of Harrisville, it, it doesn't really take away any of the focus on, on, on Andrea and her story, but it also kind of makes it so that other people uh, might feel like, you know, they all of a sudden they can bring into this things that they might not have brought into it before. So somebody that's going to speak maybe can say, hey, let's talk about the Bridgewater Triangle because now we're in it when we're when we're having this convention here. Yeah, I mean, the ironic part is having it in Harrisville to begin with is very similar to the situation in Plainville. We uh, we kind of fell into it. You know, I wish I could tell you we were smart enough to have some master plan where the first year we had it there was the year the Conjuring movie was released. Um, but we weren't that smart. It was just a confluence of a lot of weird coincidences and, and pleasant surprises and pleasant coincidences, you know. But we were looking for a place, and we didn't have one. I mean, you remember when we had it in the basement of a church in Woonsocket, you know. You were, you were there for that. So, I mean, eventually we evolved to get to the point that it is, but... In all honesty, it's just a matter of, um, you know, not selling out the state of Rhode Island or anything. I mean, my family's been here for 100 years. I've, I've lived here all my life. My loyalty is here. It's just a matter of in order to continue this event, I mean, we have to make some changes on a personal level because it's, it's you know, it's just too much to carry. I'm 63 years old now, you know, and uh 
you know, it gets tough lugging stuff around and, Mm -hmm. you know, everything that you have to have for an outdoor festival, which is quite different than having it at, um, you know, a hotel or, you know, whatever the case may be. As work intensive as that is, this um, it can get crazy. It's just time for us to slow down now. And listen, for anybody that's going to plan on, on attending this and is worried, the biggest part about this is you don't have to wait in line for the bathroom anymore. You're going to have air conditioning all day. I mean, there's there's a lot of positives to this. And, and of course, you know, they have on-site food that you can get there. Plus, there's a lot of amenities that are nearby. Yep, no, you don't have to park at the school or walk halfway, you know, through Harrisville when you show up a little bit later. I mean, it's, it's, it's going to be better for everybody. And I think, you know, once the initial... Oh my gosh, they're moving it. Once that kind of fades away, people are going to see this for what it is, which is a great opportunity to make it easier for you to put it on, but also to help it grow. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, it's right off 495, and you've got hotels within a tenth of a mile, and some of them offer shuttle service. On Friday night, we're thinking about a VIP party that'll be outside on a terrace overlooking the racetrack with an outside bar. That's part of the cost. And then you've got a 7,200 square foot space that accommodates 700 people in an adjoining room that seats about a hundred people for speakers. And, um, you know, I mean, uh, believe me, you know, we looked at the place and, um, you know, I, I wish it was right here in Tiverton, Rhode Island, where I live. (laughs) We do have a casino here, but, uh, you know, nothing of that scope. Right. They're not at that level yet. No, 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 no. So, I mean, we just look at it all things considered and for the health of the event to continue uh, what we all do. You know, everybody who attends as a guest or, you know, from the general public, you know, we're all pulling on the same end of the rope here. And that's just try to to help these different groups and help people who need to help it. And, uh, you know, most people understand that, you know, uh, we've had comments like, does it matter where it is? It's still going to be a great event, great people. And we'll have fun. And, you know, I think that's the right approach. Absolutely. And don't worry, everybody. It's still just a short drive from Tavern on Main. So we're still going to go there for dinner on Sunday afterwards. Well, not only that. I think think the most dramatic change is this year will only be a one-day event. Mm -hmm. Um, And again, you know, I mean, you've got to factor cost into that and all the rest of that stuff. But I think in condensing into a one-day event, which is what a lot of these different events come down to, you know, right. we, we have a meet and greet on Friday, we have one day and then, um, you know, you can head downstairs or get a bite to eat or whatever. You're on a major highway. And then, you know, we thank you. We say good night and, uh, you know, that's it. You know, you don't have to be dragging around uh, Sunday and everything. Uh, the thing that I wish people in Rhode Island would realize is that, there are a great deal of people come from Massachusetts, um, Maryland, Ohio, Florida, Pennsylvania, right. all over the place that make the drive to Harrisville, you know. So, I mean, all things considered, um, I'm hoping that they'll still support the event and understand that, hey, jump on 24 to 495 and and you're there, you know. But the other thing that's great about the location is it gives you a chance to expand, too. Yeah, sure. I mean, there are different things we'll have to. I mean, the different things matters. Like, you know, we won't have, you know, 13 speakers or something like that. You know, we'll have to condense that down a little bit. And, you know, there are still a lot of things to talk about. 
I like the idea of panels. I like the idea of a moderator and exchange of opinions because the talks and the presentations are so important to me. It's not just merely, you know, getting a selfie, getting an autograph and buying a book. And that's fine. We want people to do all of that, too. But, you know, we want the presentations to be compelling and interesting and that's why, um, you know, when we sit down and talk about who those five or six presenters are going to be or if we're going to do panels and things like that, um, it's yet to be decided. But we want to give everybody uh, an entertaining type of day. And uh, again, from uh, a selfish perspective, maybe we just want to take a little bit of this burden off ourselves. It's, it's really simple, you know, and hopefully people understand that if they don't, then I mean, you don't certainly don't have to attend, but uh, you no, know, given a little bit of time, I just hope that they will. Yeah, it's well earned. So I, I think like once the, the the shock wears off for people, they'll understand this is better. And I, I think it's going to be, um, you know, just it'll be another great event. That's that's what it is every year, and it's a chance for everybody to get together. It's our summer family reunion, and I'm sure everybody will still enjoy the event thank you ken for for joining us and for kind of uh giving us some some explanation behind the scenes for it uh i, I know that you work with a, a couple of different locations there in rhode island with some uh some different uh paranormal investigation events that you do there do you have any coming up in october that you want to let people know about yeah sure on the uh 19th we're going to be uh back at smith's castle in wickford rhode island and then following saturday the 26th uh, we're going to close out the year uh, kind of with our usual Halloween special at the Payne House in Coventry. So, um, unfortunately, those events are sold out, which is, you know, great. Um, so they've been well attended. So, I mean, we're looking forward to, uh, you know, closing the veil a little bit as we get close to, to Halloween. But it's been another great year at both those places, and uh, we've thoroughly enjoyed it. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us, sir. We will talk to you again real soon. Absolutely, Tim. Thank you. Mike, take care. Take care. That is uh, Ken DaCosta of Rise Up Paranormal. And if uh, if you want to uh, find out and follow along with the Ocean State Paracon, the best way to do it is to follow the Ocean State Paracon on Facebook. They put all the updates there all the time throughout the course of the year. There's, there's information that can pop up anytime during the year, so make sure that you follow them on Facebook so you get that information. Uh, one of the things that uh, Ken mentioned was the fact that you know, a lot of these events, they, they do these conventions, they do the Friday night VIP party. They have a Saturday daytime full of vendors and exhibitors and then also lectures and presentations. And then usually, you know, there isn't anything happening on Sunday. Uh, or if, if it is, usually it's a, if it's a place where we have to travel to and people are staying over. There'll be like a Sunday morning kind of wrap-up breakfast. And uh, and I just want to give a shout-out to Sam Baltrusas for putting together a fantastic weekend last weekend at the Mass Paracon. It was such a great time. It was, it was very low-key. The um, venue where it happened, the Seven Hills Inn uh, out there in Lenox, was gorgeous. It was the perfect place to get a bunch of weirdos together for a weekend. <laughs> and, you know, this is the kind of place where... They had uh, some rooms inside the building itself, and they had uh, a secondary building that was kind of like you know one of those like motor court type buildings where it's two floors, yeah. and you have your door on the outside and everything, and uh, and and there was room for everybody. But when you 
you know, you just walk from your room in that little motor court type building over to the other room. And, and they had uh, a lounge area. They had a little fire pit where they would do s'mores every night. Hmm. You're out there under the stars, out there in the Berkshires. And it was, it was just a beautiful, beautiful time. And I love getting out to the Berkshires anyway. And you just feel better and different out there. And uh, so we had a lot, a lot of fun. And the, the investigation of Ventford Hall on Saturday night, it got kind of interesting. And uh, a little bit later on, I'm going to share with you the story about what happened because I don't necessarily believe in what happened. Okay. But it happened anyway right in front of me, and I kind of have to just hold up my hands and say, well, if you say so, that I mean, it's the only thing that makes sense to me. So coming up a little bit later on, I will share that story with people. Um, let's just say it involved uh, – I'm, I'm glad I brought Echovox with me too. And I think the first time we investigated Venford Hall, I might have just been pretty new to using Echovox. So maybe uh, there was some trial and error in trying to communicate. This thing lit up this time around so it's, it's a it's a beautiful place you've been there before yeah uh for the event that we did out there and it, they've completely finished well just about completely finished the second floor okay where they had all of the when we went yeah. there they had like one or two rooms that were done and then they had other ones they were still working on uh but now it's almost completely finished the downstairs is completely finished and they wouldn't let us into the third floor or the basement because they have construction going on in both of those areas but I was disappointed about the basement. Yeah, the because basement was cool. We had so many experiences there last time. But um, it's definitely a place that if you are into uh, not only the paranormal, but just history as well, I recommend going out to Lenox because you can go to the to Ventford Hall and tour there. And then you can also tour the Mount, Edith Wharton's home, which is right down the street. Mm-hmm. And so you can go and tour both of those places. And also for people from New Bedford area, that's also where Melville's house is. Melville lived out there for a couple of years, and they have uh, his house is set up as like a little heritage museum as well. So you can go there and check it out. And tell, trust me, if you're going to go out there and stay, there's a lot of places that you can stay. There's a lot of little like roadway inns and you know motor courts and all these different places out there. But treat yourself to the weekend. Spend the extra money. Go to the Seven Hills Inn. If you want to save a little bit of money, you can stay in the what they call the terrace building, the terrace room or whatever they call it, the terrace house. That's uh, where I was staying, and, and I was in the very last room, the very far corner, and still, it's an easy, quick walk to get into the main building. Great breakfast on Sunday. I highly recommend it. It's funny because uh, I guess everybody got together for the breakfast like early, <laughs> even though it said 10 o'clock. I wandered in at like 10.15, and... And nobody was really there. I saw John Tenney sitting in the lounge and, and talking to some people. But I said, oh, to, you didn't get to be Little Spoon? No, we had separate rooms this time. But okay. we spent the whole weekend together. Okay. We drove, we picked him up at the airport and dropped him off and everything. Uh, so it was funny because uh, he hadn't had anything to eat either. And the people that he was with hadn't had anything to eat. So I was like, well, then let's all get breakfast together. And And when we sat there to have breakfast, there was a wedding going on. <laughs> And people were coming up to us as we were sitting at the table, like, here's Tenny, uh, dressed like John Tenny usually does, in yeah. a you know, a collared shirt and a and a and a sport coat and everything. And I'm sitting next to him in like a T shirt or a polo shirt or whatever. And people are coming over to us, like talking to us about the wedding. Like we're in the, Oh, don't forget to get your gift bag over there and all this we're just looking at each other like, Are we supposed to be in here? Like, is the breakfast over for the paranormal people? 
Uh, but it was it was very funny. And then Andrea Perrin came in, and so we're like, okay, at least there's one other paranormal person here eating as well. Uh, but I will share that story coming up a little bit later on about what happened. We are going to be talking to another one of our paranormal friends, though. Uh, after the 11 o'clock news, we'll talk with Jeff Campbell, who I think Patriots fans will recognize as being the, the founder of the End Zone Militia. But he's also uh, a paranormal investigator, and he is the man who gives the ghost tours with the Plymouth Night Tour. And I think he just got done with his tour a little while ago, and he's going to join us uh, to talk to us about something cool that he has going on next month in Braintree, Massachusetts. It's a fundraiser for some historic buildings out there as well. Uh, so we'll talk about that. And we had mentioned the Fearing Tavern event coming up in October, uh, uh, well, coming up this week on October 11th, on Friday. On October 19th, which is a Saturday night, there won't be a show that night. I'm running an event out in, well, we're calling it spooky in Salem, but it actually is in North Andover. But back in the days of the Salem witch trials, it would have been Salem. Andover, North Andover, Andover, uh, Danvers—that was all part Beverly. of Salem. So this yeah. is this is actually in the heart of where the witch trials happened, and it's the Parson Barnard House. It was built for Reverend Thomas Barnard, who originally was believed to have been one of the accusers in the witch trials because he was uh, a student of Cotton Mather, and so the. Legend was always that he had been one of the accusers, and they thought that that's why his house might have been haunted. But in actuality, the historical society there has come back and said, no, we find evidence that he was actually helping, trying to help to exonerate the people who were accused. And so we started switching up the way that we investigated the house last year with an event that we called the Exoneration, where we went to, it was, it was literally on the 300th anniversary of, of Reverend Barnard's death. And we went there with the sole purpose of helping him to clear his name, and the energy has completely changed as a result of it. What kind of felt confrontational before now feels very warm and welcoming, still active, but it just has a different feel to it. But there's still that bastard that lives in the attic, Simeon Putnam, the former headmaster of a boys' school that was there. His spirit is allegedly the one that haunts the attic. And he makes life hell for us when we're there. Makes the room uh, feel different. Makes it look different with uh, extreme darkness. It's a, it's a very, very weird place. So I highly recommend if you have never experienced anything like that, uh, coming on out to that event as well. And the tickets for both the Fearing Tavern event and the Spooky in Salem event, they're both for sale at SpookySouthCoast.com. And uh, we're actually running them cheaper than we ever have before because these events were kind of announced last minute. And because we want to make sure that we can raise some money for these organizations in time, we uh, we discounted the tickets so that hopefully more people will be able to afford them and be able to come out and go. So you can get those at SpookySouthCoast.com. We're going to take a quick call here. They've been patient enough to wait on the on hold as we've been yammering on. Good evening. You're on Spooky South Coast. Good evening, Tim. Hello. Sorry about the wait there. That's all right. I didn't expect you to have a guest on, but that's okay. Um, I'll make this short. Um, Monday is going to be my collection day. Remember, I spoke to you off air? Yep. Uh, Mark 76. I had the 76 for Barry Richard and all my classmates from the class of 76. So uh, Monday is Mon the day. Monday is collection day, and I will try to get to the station Monday or Tuesday. And I definitely want to make that event for um, Friday that you were talking about. Uh, mm -hmm. Will I be able to get tickets at the station? Uh, you can get them. I'll tell you what. If if you want to come out to that event, you can get them at the door. Generally, oh, I try I to do everything uh, online, but I know that you're not really 
you know, an online guy. So um, we we will we will sell them to you at the door on the night of the event. And actually, really, anybody else that wants to buy tickets, I'll I'll be able to to take care of that the night of the event. Oh, that's great because that sounded very interesting. That thing you got for Friday night. It sounds uh, sounds very good. But uh, and I may have a lot to do Monday, but I want to get out there and maybe have maybe get to the station have a mini celebration. But I want to have a big one on Saturday with Ken. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna have him play. Are you gonna have his band? Well, I, I can't do that. I mean, I mean on his show. Oh, okay. On his show, I'm gonna try to have like a whole day event at the station. No, oh, well, I, I, I'll, <laughs> I'll have to pop by for that next week. I have a lecture on Saturday uh, here in New Bedford, so uh, uh, not yeah. one that's open to the public, or else I would let everybody know about it. It's a, it's a private right. event. In fact, I want to get in touch with Taylor too because I told him that this was an exclusive. I know he's with Howie Carr. And I know he doesn't work Saturday, but I'll work some. I'm gonna try to work something out with him. No, I'm sure he would. Uh, he'd be happy to to make it well, work. Yeah, I spoke with him at the uh, Madeira feast, and um, we had a, a very nice conversation. I I met his wife and everything, and uh, I hope to see him again. I think Taylor's a great guy. Oh yeah, he's he's the best. I talk to him every day, even though he's not oh. here anymore. We still message and text and everything every day. So he's not yeah, far great. from the hearts of the WBSM listeners. That's for sure. Oh, and I'll tell you, he's a good entertainer, too. Oh, yeah. He's the best. <laughs> uh, uh, TaylorSingSinatra.com, if anybody wants to book Taylor uh, to come out and do one of their, uh, to do one of his uh, Sinatra shows. Well, uh, thank okay, you. Okay, Tim. Have a good one, and I'll, I'll be in touch. Like I said, hopefully I'm going to get down. I want to get down and have a nice big cup of coffee with Barry and shoot the breeze for a while. All right. Well, you know where to find me. I'm right across. My office is right across from the studio. Okay. Have a good one, Tim. You, too. Take we'll care. We'll be talking. And uh, there you go for anybody that's been asking for an update on, on Mark and uh, everything that's going on with him. So Monday is the day. Uh, I'll be here. I'll be here Monday. I'll be here Tuesday. Whatever day he comes, I'll be here. Save any cake or anything if there's a big party. Uh, I will certainly save you some. We had some cake the other day. It was Michael Rock's birthday. And uh, I've never seen an office cake go so fast <laughs> as it did that day. Generally, like cakes sit out there. And people will come to my office and say, hey, did you have cake? There's more cake if you want more cake. And I have to be like, well, what are you telling me for? Because I'm the fat guy. <laughs> and uh, and I would always kind of, you know, scoff because, of course, there's leftover cake. There's always leftover cake. But this cake, for some reason, it was, the first of all, the biggest one I've ever seen come into the office. But it was gone in almost record time. Speaking of time, we're out of it. We'll be back coming up in just a bit with more Spooky South Coast coming your way. Are you intrigued by Paranormal Talk Radio? You'll love the new Paranormal Radio app from TalkStream Live. You'll find a great selection of talk shows covering UFOs, ghosts, strange phenomena, and much more. Download the Paranormal Radio app now and start listening to the very best in Paranormal Talk Entertainment. The Paranormal Radio app, free in Google Play and the iOS App Store.
Welcome back. Hour number two of Spooky South Coast. Tim Weisberg here along with science advisor Matt Moniz. And uh, we are here talking about different paranormal topics. Really, it's just kind of setting the table for October. Uh, this is a, a month when there's a lot of stuff going on. You know, we mentioned the Fearing Tavern event we have coming up on Friday and the Parson Barnard House event happening on October 19th. Tickets to those are both at SpookySouthCoast.com. If you want to join us for those, I had mentioned all my library lectures uh, that are coming up, which you can find all on Facebook, on the Spooky South Coast Facebook page. I have a list of all the ones that are coming up. Uh, going to be in Tewksbury on Thursday. Uh, where else am I heading uh, in this whirlwind tour? I'll be in Hyannis. I'll be in Falmouth. Um, oh, I don't want to leave any out. I should probably have pulled it up and looked at it. Uh, but I'm also going to be uh, twice uh, in November, November 2nd and November 9th, back-to-back Saturday afternoons. I'm going to be at the uh, two different libraries in Cranston, Rhode Island. So I'll be at the uh, Oaklawn branch, I believe it's called, on, on the 2nd. And I will be on... I'll be at the Central Branch on the 9th, talking about two different topics. So if you live in the area, you know, there's going to be one of them's on haunted objects. The other one's on presidential paranormal. So it'll be two different presentations. So you can come out on both Saturdays. But I'm pretty excited because it's my first time ever being in Rhode Island doing lectures. I've been trying to get into some Rhode Island libraries for a number of years now. And uh, and they just they usually say, well, we already have somebody or we don't have a budget or whatever. So I'm very excited to be able to go talk to Rhode Islanders and spread the spooky word into the ocean state a little bit more. All right. I've got a little bit of an announcement for you. I'm going to try and drink my tea while you say it. All right. My awesome new (laughs) mug. You know our mutual friend Bob Ethier, right? Mm Mm-hmm. He's in the process of writing another book, and I've I've agreed to help co-author with him. Nice. Well, just make sure that uh, when you guys sit down to to work on this together <laughs> that uh you carry your equal weight to to bob because he's he's got his uh full-time gig that he's got to worry about you've got your Beautiful. full-time gig to worry about <laughs> he's got his second time gig to worry about he's, so do i <laughs> but between the two of you i don't know how you're gonna crank this out together but well what it is is he's got a collection of stories about this that and mm-hmm. the other and i've got mine and what we're going to do is we're going to take a couple of weeks sit down and try and sew everything and, together and bob's a great guy to work with as you know, you know oh, yeah. we've known him for so many years very uh, thorough researcher and i and i'm very excited to uh to, to find out more of his stories and, and also to see you finally put some of yours down because how long have we been trying to kick you in the pants <laughs> and tell you to do it how many people have i helped write their books i got you a book contract and you still didn't write the book because i was too busy helping out well there was also other stuff going on at the job i was working right, at, right. at that yeah, but, but still i mean yeah it, it's it's about time and uh then the the hard part is going to be uh once you get the book done then you both have to t- find time in your schedule to go out there and promote it yeah so look for a Mo- moniz bob ethier book signing coming your way in 2024 <laughs> when one of them retires from one of their jobs uh but uh, so no congratulations oh, on thank that. you i'm also loving the new lab i'm working in uh you know i still do work for the defense contractor you know developing armor and weapon systems but that's more of a moved on to a weekend gig now i'm the director of analytical for a bio farm up in uh, bedford mass where we're engineering microbes to produce useful products and the way that we make these products is we engineer the gene to produce the product and we take waste material from like food industry and other industries 
and we feed them to the microbes and we're getting rid of a waste and producing a useful product, either like sugars or stuff or like other food products, um, pharmaceuticals and stuff. So we're, we're trying to help save the planet and, you know, work on making things for people. So basically what you're saying is you're coming up with the formula for Soylent Green. Yeah. Well, the, <laughs> like I said, I'm running... Oh, and the, you said four people. Yes, four You meant four people, people to consume. Correct. Well, still, Soylent Green is on the table then. Well, so is the zombie virus because they're showing me how to do gene editing. <laughs> All right. I think people need to uh, do a little bit more thorough of a background check before they hire you in the future. Uh, but one guy that we don't need to worry about uh, his background because uh, he's one of the most well-known... And well-respected paranormal investigators in the area. He's also one of the most well-known and well-respected tour guides uh, in the area. You know him from the Plymouth Night Tours, and you know him from some of his work in historical recreations, including the New England Patriots End Zone Militia. And if you ever come out to a spooky South Coast event, you've probably seen him uh, investigating alongside of us, usually in full-period costume. And he's joining us on the line. Jeff Campbell is with us. Jeff, uh, hello. Good evening. How are you? How are you doing tonight? We Hi, are guys. we are spectacular. Did you have a tour tonight when I was uh, when I was messaging I on Facebook? I did. How'd it go? Uh, uh, not bad. Uh, interesting group because I actually had um, I had a member of the press from uh, the Patriot Ledger along with us uh, doing uh, a piece, and also a, a colleague who's from over across the pond over in the UK, uh, Dylan Jones came over and he actually is doing a documentary about ghost tours here in the u.s and tabbed me to explore plymouth with him this year uh so he had tagged along with his camera and microphone and uh we actually had a very interesting uh, fun group tonight and uh nothing really popped this evening but it's been a little bit quiet of late up on burial hill so I'm kind of waiting for something to happen. And right. I'm sure it's going to soon anyway. So, and, and for anybody that has never taken one of Jeff's tours in Plymouth, it's unlike other ghost tours where not only is he telling you the story and giving you the history and telling you some of the paranormal phenomena that's happening there, but you're actually investigating while you're there and you're hoping to try and document something while you're on the tour. Exactly. I always encourage people to turn on a recorder, uh, take as many pictures as possible, um, I teach them about the uh, the truths and the fallacies about K2 meters, etc. Uh, and uh, I, I basically turn the turn the tour group into the investigative team for the evening. And and you take them to Burial Hill. You're you're allowed. You're one of the only people that's allowed to bring people up to Burial Hill uh, at night. Right. I mean, we we you know uh, anybody who does tours in Plymouth that uses Burial Hill. Uh, in the e- in the evening or uh, towards the evening time, has to uh, apply for a permit to do so, and um, we do that. Um, fortunately, we are one of the people who uh, get to do that. It's one of the few places, actually, anywhere that you actually get to walk through a burial ground uh, when it's when it's in the darker period of the evening, uh, rather than you know. Most places they won't even they have a gate. Right. They'll lock it up, and you can't get in. Um, or if you can get in, you have to do it by climbing a fence. Um, but fortunately for us in Plymouth uh, Burial Hill, the gates are technically 
speaking, open, so to speak, and people are always up there at night. Yeah, but you know um, what? Let me tell you from firsthand, you know I've been up to Burial Hill a number of times uh, uh, during the day, and, and I love it up there. It's one of my favorite places to just go and relax and spend some time. But I went up there last year during the Plymouth Paracon at night. Um, you know, I wasn't drunk or anything. I went I up there with some people, and I got turned around like you wouldn't believe you would think I, being I was, on top of the hill, you'd be able to find an exit and get down the hill, but I could not find my way out of there. Okay. Yeah. Well, don't forget, I was with you. Um, <laughs> and and yeah, yeah. You see, you see, you already forgot that. Uh, <laughs> I was uh, I was trying not to implicate you in what I was doing. <laughs> it's all right. Um, but it was it, it was it was it was a bit later, and so you were a bit tired. You know, I'll forgive you for that. You rescued me. So, you know, no doubt, you rescued me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, but, but yeah, we, so, so the tours are going on throughout the course of the month. Uh, you have, I would think, you'd have some openings, right? If people want to reach out and oh, take part in those. Yep, we definitely still have openings. Um, the one night that is filling up very quickly is the Saturday before Halloween. Um, but the rest of the t- time, uh, there are definitely openings. Uh, it's real simple. All you have to do is call our phone number. You can find it on our Facebook page or on our website, and or you can sign up online. There are all sorts of different ways to get onto a tour with us. Um, and I'm not just you know some most of the time I'm the tour guide, but that doesn't mean that I'm always the tour guide. Right. Um, we do have a couple of other people who who uh, also fill in for me around the edges and uh when we get the larger groups we'll split them up go send out a couple of different groups um the one thing that i don't do um in plymouth and some people kind of get disappointed is with it i I don't give people lanterns i don't give people fire right um it's not that i don't trust people with fire but i don't trust people with fire um (laughs) right we're walking around Plymouth. I mean, all these old wooden buildings, Mm -hmm. it's an accident waiting to happen. So even though it adds to the creep factor, it also doesn't add to the actual paranormal investigation factor. Because you and I both know if you're staring at a flame of some sort carrying around the lantern, all of a sudden you look up into a dark spot, what your eyes doing? They're trying to adjust, and mm-hmm. all of a sudden you see stuff moving, and you think you're seeing something, but you're really not. It's an optical illusion. So. Not, not to mention either. That's one hand that you can't use to carry another piece of equipment now. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah. And, so, so I recommend yeah. everybody reaches out to Plymouth Night Tours, takes a tour with Jeff. Uh, just an amazing tour guide, uh, and and really as as far you know, there's there's multiple tour companies in Plymouth, but uh, I, yep. I would say that yours is the best only because not only uh, do you have this encyclopedic knowledge of all the history of Plymouth and the ghost stories themselves, but your tour is helping to add to those stories. Other tours are just going there and recounting things that have happened in the history. Uh, you're actually going out there and essentially allowing people to legend trip and add to the stories of those haunted locations. Right. I mean, you know, have we had stuff happen on our tour? Yes, we have. Um, have people experienced that and seen things or, or heard things? I mean, um, one of our tour guides, Joyce, actually had a woman on the tour with her the other night whose 
last name in Croatian means wolf, and and you're familiar with the story of wolf from last year's Paracon. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were standing at the tree on Burial Hill, and they both heard this buzzing sound. They looked at, you know, they're looking around, they looked at each other, and they both heard it, and the other people in the group didn't hear it, but they did. And all of a sudden, both of them heard a wolf howl or a coyote howl or something. And they both just kind of looked at each other and their eyes bugged out. Joyce told me about this afterwards. And it's like, it was just a weird happenstance that they, they both experienced it, but nobody else did. Um, and so, you know, things like that do happen. And we've had some interesting hits with spirit boxes up on Burial Hill. We've had, uh, I've got one apparition photo that uh, a young man got with his cell phone that just is one of the best apparition photos I've ever seen. Um, it, there's stuff that goes on up there. Let's, let's just say that. And, um, and, and in other parts of town as well. And uh, no, so that's that's Plymouth, and 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 certainly there'll be plenty of things to do in Plymouth uh, throughout the course of October with Jeff and the and the Plymouth Night Tour. But let's talk about what you have coming up in November, because this oh, is going to be a very special uh, fundraiser event. Yeah, uh, this is going to be a lot of in, a lot of fun. We actually did it last year as well, myself and, uh, and a couple of other of my paranormal research friends from uh, on from one of the groups and locally. And this year uh, I decided to reach out to some of the people I had met last year with the, um, with the Paracon, uh, such as yourself and local author and uh, organizer of the mass Paracon, Sam Baltrusis, uh, James Anito, the demonologist, Matt Warner and Rachel Hoffman. And, um, and are, are also your good friend Stephanie, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> amongst others, uh, all gathering at Braintree Historical Society in Braintree. Um, we'll be investigating three of the four buildings on the campus of Braintree Historical Society, uh, one of which is the Sylvanus Thayer Birthplace, uh, and then the Sylvanus Thayer Birthplace Barn, which was built in 1975. Um, Sylvanus Thayer Birthplace is a building where Sylvanus was born in uh, 1785. Uh, he's known as the father of West Point. Uh, but the building that really fascinates myself and Matt Warner and Rachel and their team is... Um, the Dr. Galavan house, and that's the one I described to you as having the, the creepy, dusty basement. And as you said, you love creepy, dusty basements. <laughs> that's where I live. So, um, and I'm sure Matt, and Matt, you do too, I know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, but it, this, is a doctor's, this is a doctor's office. From, he built the building in 1931 as a wedding present for his wife. Um, and given doctors' practices in the 30s and 40s, as we probably all know, uh, as our paranormal researchers, etc., that very often emergency operations might actually happen in the doctor's office. Mm-hmm. Um, the building is in pretty decent shape. It needs some major restoration. 
but you know it's got paint peeling and things are kind of falling apart here and there but the really interesting part is there's still some of the medical equipment in the uh, in the building as well which adds to a factor a little bit and um i i'm just interested if it's anything there might be hiding in a corner somewhere that hasn't hasn't really arisen yet and uh, we'll see we'll see 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 if we can't discover something so this is happening on Saturday, November 16th. Uh, it is happening right there on the campus of the Braintree Historical Society. You've got things kicking off at 3 o'clock with uh, everybody getting together for presentations. That'll go right. until 5, then a dinner break, and then 6.30 to 11, the actual investigations. Uh, tickets for this are only $50 a person? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. We wanted to price it in a point where, where, you know, mom and, you know, like, Maybe mom and dad want to have a date night because they're fascinated with ghost hunting. They never had a, actually had a chance to do it. So you know, hundred bucks is a decent price point for a date night for a, for a couple. And uh, but then you still got another another few bucks left over for babysitting chores mm-hmm. for somebody. You know, so um, it's it's easy to get your tickets. Uh, it's actually right on the Braintree Historical Society webpage. Um, the the link goes directly to them the funds go directly to them uh to help uh with their programs and restoration and upkeep of their buildings i mean when you're talking about sylvanus their birthplace the building originally was built like in the 1720s uh it's been moved about a mile down the road to where it is presently which is right across from um Spring Tree city hall uh, it's right in the mid, right in downtown South Braintree, right near the T station. So it's really easy to get to. It's not hard to find at all. Right by Thayer Academy, um, you know, and it all right goes right directly to the Braintree Historical Society. Yeah, and and it's it, again, if you want to get tickets to it, it's uh, Braintree-Historical.org. It's limited to only forty-five people, so you don't want to sleep on this uh, because what's going to happen is everybody's going to go out and have their October fun. And they're going to say, you know what, I, I, I kind of want to do some more of this. And there's this event yeah. happening in November, and then they're going to go and try and buy tickets, and they'll be sold out. So don't wait. Make sure that exactly. you get your tickets as soon as you can. And I'm excited because you know I, I get to actually investigate with people that I don't normally get a chance to investigate with. I run into Matt and Rachel and James and Sam all over the place, but we never get the chance to actually kind of work together on an investigation. So this will be pretty cool because – Everybody's bringing a lot of different styles and areas of expertise into this, and it's going to make for a very interesting mix. Exactly, and that's exactly why I brought in the people that I did. Not only is it not only is it people from the local area who have names in the local area in this field, it is also a varied group of people, all with different little backgrounds, different styles, um, and different interests in some respects in this. So um, it's, it's a, it should be an interesting and fun evening. All right. So, again, that's happening on Saturday, November 16th. Don't waste any time. Go right now to Braintree-Historical.org. I also just shared the link out on the uh, Spooky South Coast Facebook page if you want to make sure that you can sign up for tickets. Jeff, thank you for inviting us out, and I'm looking forward to what should be a spectacular night. Awesome. Great. Uh, have a great October, guys. Everybody keep investigating. Keep your, 
keep your heads on a swivel because you never know what you might see or where you'll see it. Absolutely. And you might see me. I might pop up in Plymouth uh, now and then on some of the rare nights off. You may find me uh, in, in the British Beer Company. Uh, That's okay. That well, may you make... know, if, if, if you feel like hopping on and just walking along, just show up. I'd be happy to have you along. I appreciate that very much. Does that go for me, too? Yes, Matt, you, too. Oh. And bring equipment. Okay. Okay? Sounds okay. good. <laughs> yeah, right. absolutely. I always tell my, you know, people who are investigators, they'll, they'll go, oh, well, you know, and I'll, uh, they, I get this interesting vibe off of them. I say, are you were an investigator? Well, yeah. Bring your equipment. Right. I can? Go. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Bring your own equipment. Because you know we always have it in the trunk of our cars, so we're always ready to go. <laughs> I've, I've always got it in a bag in the back of my car. It's got, yeah. Exactly. So. Uh, you know, other people have, a, you know, doctors have a go bag with medical equipment. We have a go bag with all kinds of, you know, meters and, and uh, yeah. other kinds of devices. So. Yep. Absolutely. Always. Always, always, always. All right. Well, you have a great night, sir, and a great October. We will talk to you real soon. All right. You take care. You too. Bye-bye. That is Jeff Campbell, the Plymouth Ghost Hunter. Again, Plymouth Night Tours if you want to take his tour. Uh, And then, of course, uh, if you want to sign up for this event, Braintree-Historical.org. I love the fact, love the fact that we live in an area where it seems like almost everyone involved in the paranormal community cares about the history, cares about getting it right, cares about making sure that it's as factually correct as possible, but also cares about making sure that it is not just something that we're using to help us, you know, tell the story. It's not just about us uh, utilizing history to, to, to make a buck. Yeah. It's about us keeping that history alive and, and using the paranormal to help pe- keep people interested in that history. And the fact, it, listen, it's not an accident that we've met all the great people that we've met over the years. Agreed. I mean, it's, it's, it's a bigger plan that we're just trying to play a small part of. And, I, and I, I know that we do this sometimes from time to time when we sit back and we genuflect about spooky South Coast and our almost 14 years in the radio and all the cool things that we've been able to do. But we've done a lot of cool things. Well, I think the thing I'm most proud of is the introductions that we've made to other people. I mean, yeah, granted, we've done our thing and, you know, our little song and dance. But I've enjoyed watching the relationships that mm-hmm. we put together where people have put together groups and made lifelong you know friendships with i was talking with somebody today who uh, came out to my lecture who is friends with with matt and rachel and, and works with them a lot in their investigations and was talking about what great people they are and i just said you know offhand and i was like you know uh, <laughs> spooky south coast was actually rachel's first ever interview yep and then i was like wait a minute like that's kind of significant that like we were able to kind of help them get out there in the spotlight and like now she's doing all the great things that her and matt are doing together and yep and uh and, and tina was just on ghost bait as one of the co-hosts of ghost bait i mean sitting in here you know in 2007 or whenever it was over in the corner kind of nervous to be on the radio yep you know and now now uh, hosting a paranormal television show and and look at some of the the great friends that we have that are involved in some of these things now i mean I was telling the story the other day to somebody. I remember, you know, Jason and Grant coming to your house for yeah. barbecues, <laughs> you know, and now they're each on their second television series, Ghost yep. Nation premiering this week and, and uh, Ghost Hunters having premiered last month. So it's, it's, kind of, it's kind of interesting to have seen how much this, this New England family of the paranormal has uh, really kind of spread out there. And, and we've changed the game in a way where... 
we not only um, work well together, but we're kind of setting that standard for other people to follow as well with this emphasis on making sure that you pay respect to the history and that you pay respect to one another uh, doing the work. Correct. Something that other parts of the country, we've talked to investigators, we've had them on the show, and they tell us it doesn't work that way everywhere else. So maybe as much as we have to deal with a lot of the New England Puritan (laughs) ideas that still exist around here, maybe some of that work ethic is also kind of spread through the paranormal. One thing I notice is you may not, at least in this area, you may not necessarily agree with somebody else or the way that they approach it, but at least you give them the respect to be able to express it mm-hmm. and do it their way. I mean, I may not personally like to do something this way, but I'm not going to stop somebody else right. from doing it. It just won't be the way that you do it, but right. that's okay because now you can both come together on something and offer two different perspectives. That help you get closer to finding out the answer. As a scientist, I never rule out a tool to gather data. Absolutely. Uh, I may, you know, question its origin, but it's still data. And and, and one of the things, you know, uh, we had mentioned that uh, that Dave Schrader's new show, The Holes Are Files, uh, premiered on on Thursday. And uh, I can tell you, I guess I can tell you, that uh, one of the, at least one of the cases, a couple of them actually are local cases, uh, the holes are okay. files that are being reopened and reinvestigated are local here. So that goes to show that Hans Holzer was here, you know, doing this work. Oh yeah. In the in the fifties and the sixties. So we are just kind of making sure that we continue to follow along uh in those same footsteps. And and what's cool about the <laughs> what's cool about the one of the episodes as he was filming it is uh he messaged me one day, and uh, I was supposed to fill in for him that night because he was out filming. And I forget what it was that he mes- messaged me about, but he's like, and he's just going back and forth talking about stuff. And he's like, yeah, right now I'm in some town called Fairhaven. <laughs> I'm like, wait, what? He's like, yeah, Fairhaven, Massachusetts. I'm like, where in Fairhaven, Massachusetts? And he's like, oh, the Hampton Inn. I was uh, like, you are across the street from my radio station. Like, he came here in a film, and he was literally across yeah. the street from me. And it's just what so weird. What was he filming in Fairhaven? I don't or know. Or was it something New Bedford-related? I don't know. I don't know anything about it. I just know that he was here for an episode, and he was on the Cape for an episode. And I don't know anything about the cases. Well, technically, even here is still part of the Cape if you go historically. But, but yeah. I, I just didn't have anything to do with any of that information. I didn't want to know anything inside because I, you know, I was afraid I would say something to somebody and leak it so all i know is that he came here to film but i just thought it was hilarious that you know here we were both kind of brought together by art bell's passing and 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 the mm-hmm. uh passing of the torch of midnight in the desert and then for some reason forces brought it together where we were literally across the street from each other and dave lives in minnesota yeah and you've the, been out the there the for the- and I, i've gone out there for events uh, as well yeah. and so it's just it's it's very strange but it's i just i learned to stop even questioning it and just saying, yep, that's how it's supposed to be. No surprise. Uh, we do have open phone lines, 508-996-0500. Uh, there, ha- there is a call that's been patiently waiting. We'll take that. And then uh, after that, I'll tell you about what happened last weekend at Ventford Hall because it's a pretty interesting story. Good evening. You're next on Spooky South Coast. How are you? I know hey, that phone. How, you doing? how hey, are you doing, buddy? Hey, Lamone, what's going on? I'm living over. Uh, so, um, I did before I did see you last night, and it was like you know I'm not going to cry or anything, and you know, I'll, I'll walk it off. Hey man, how you been? Wait, you're cutting out big time on us, Lamone. No, 
I just said, hey, Matt, how you been? I said, hello to Matt. You're, oh, you're, now you're, I can hear you. You're, you're st- better? Yeah. Yeah, you're still cutting out a bit. Uh, yeah, you, you missed me last night, though, only because I, I couldn't stay on for the after show. I had to get up early in the morning. I wasn't, I wasn't ducking I would, you or anything. If I would have known that, then I would have probably called earlier, tried to call in just before you closed up. And I was like, I'll wait till afterwards. And then the but other, the other oh, night you cr- dropped off, and I figured you were going to, to watch the rest of the Joker, so... Oh, yeah, I did. I have, I have people. We had like 250 people. And each, each no, like I said, we did so two, two of them twice for the, for the two separate movies. So that was five people that I had for, for mind you, the majority of people oh, I had. Man, there, this, this connection's bad, Lamone. This is very bad. Good deal of those, I said a good deal of those people, I was, I, they were there because I, they were, I invited them. And and I just you, let you know. it seemed like you yeah. gave a rave review of the movie that you really enjoyed it. Yes, I think personally, I think it's probably the, the second best, if not maybe the third best, second Warner Brothers uh, superhero movie ever. Now that's a lot to say, you know, one of those movies. So I'm thinking like maybe Dark Knight, you know, right. that one, or maybe the, the Batman with Michael Keaton. Those two, the only other ones I think of might be better. But this one was like dark deep and it was intriguing he didn't let it go it's like he said here hold like you hold and you know what's going to happen but then realize look you fast where you realize he's taking you holding your hand taking you right and him people are walking it's, out of the theater though i heard yeah because they're scared clowns what's up with that you know well, he's scared why go to jackox or mcdonald's you know, you know, speaking of McDonald's, you don't see Ronald around. I think he said Jack in the Box. Yeah, it I just think, cut yeah. out. It cut out at the most inopportune time. There. Yeah, soaking <laughs> in <laughs> Hercules. <laughs> I don't know what's going on now. So I've got somebody uh, blindfolded in here, and it's Bluestein, Blystein. He's here. This is where he's. Oh, you got Matt Blystein uh, uh, tied up in your basement. <laughs> oh, okay. Bring you know, the I don't have a basement, <laughs> which well, is even scary. Well, we'll 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 have to reach out to him and see what's going on. I think he just got a. You know, I think he might have just got uh, bogged down in work. So uh, we'll see what's happening. But it's it's talk to him and give him the phone. Sit <laughs> down. Silence. Yeah. You know what? Crazy. Next time you kidnap somebody, you should take their phone and use that to call us. Yeah. Instead. Yeah, I don't want anybody to fully trace me. You know that's that's my. That's the I've, I've been black most of my life. Learn the tricks and trade. That's why we can never hear Lamone because he's using burner phones to to call us. Exactly for shivel the nibble. So, um, <laughs> are you? So, are you planning? What are you planning on doing? Are you going to be on this? Are you having the show next week? Uh, are you going to be on Dave's show next week? Uh, next week, I, I'm not hosting Dave's show next week. I think I'm back the 17th and the 18th for Dave. Uh, next week, we will have a spooky South Coast. Our guest is going to be Lex Lonehood from Coast to Coast AM. Ooh, uh, he's, the, he's the webmaster for Coast to Coast AM. He just wrote a new book called Nightmareland, where he Ooh. examines nightmares and dreams and, 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 and sleep paralysis and all that kind of stuff. I just got the book in the mail yesterday. So I cannot wait to tear into it. It looks, it looks awesome. And so Lex is going to join us next week to talk about that. I'm supposed to help you with your problem, you know, about your about, – about 
about three o'clock in the morning and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Remember, I told you I was going to help you with that and stuff like that. I would probably do it. I do it on the down low because everybody don't need dollars for your business and stuff, especially since it's that kind of business. And I'd be more willing to help you. But, you know, I'm not. Uh, I, I appreciate I've got that. A gift and I'm not trying to charge, but I just think it would come in and I, you know do some good for you. I think that if you're you're happier, I think the whole spooky South Coast plan is going to feel it and enjoy it. Because we all need to see you happy. We all want to be happy, right? And we don't like to oh, I, I think most myth. We don't like that. I think most people would would be happy though, Lamone, if you could just you know get better Wi-Fi in your house or something. What what is yes. with this signal? Uh, it's the bat signal. It's like you know, like or, or it's some other flying marsupial. <laughs> <laughs> When's the last time you used that word marsupial in a in a conversation? Not not enough. <laughs> not enough. All right. Well, we're gonna let That's you go because uh, you're, you're you're cutting out a little bit more than usual. I would like you to probably try your con. Whatever you just said, I agree. Oh, Tom Brady looks like he's bald by a marsupial. I think he just said something about Tom Brady's balls. (laughs) Something like that. All right, we're we're gonna marsupial. Okay, so we're gonna have to let you go. Say say good night, Playboy. I hope it's not a fruit. (laughs) <laughs> All right, take it easy. I gotta, I gotta let him go. It's just, it's nothing, nothing against the conversation. The conversation was fun, but the uh, the connection the, was not. <laughs> and plus, we have another caller on the line, so I don't want to hold up somebody's chance to to get in on the show because I still want to share that story uh, before we go. I hope that people think that the story is good when I tell it because now I've built it up quite a bit. Yeah. Well. Good evening. You're next on Spooky South Coast. Jeez. Oh, Am I really live? You are live. Well, listen, I can hear you. You're Whether going you're over live, the airwaves. Yes. Story. <laughs> this is Gene Simmons from Kiss. With the, with the Lamone phone. You want the best? You got the best. Well, that's a Paul Stanley line, isn't it? Well, it's no, still it part is. of Kiss. This is Paul Stanley from Kiss. God. Hello. Well, Kiss is the best band because everybody loves Kiss. <laughs> there's a there's a perfect interview from Japan where a Japanese fan asked Paul Stanley why Kiss is the best band in the world. He's like, because we're Kiss, <laughs> and it's it's just hilarious. There's, there's I don't want to get into great gas, but that's another story. There's a comedian so, I can't remember his name, but he does. He does like these amazing impressions, and he and he does both Paul Stanley and Gene Simmons, and they mm-hmm. had him on on a, on a Boston classic rock station where he was calling in as these guys, and like nobody could tell the difference. And he was yeah. saying the most ridiculous things, but it made perfect sense because Gene Simmons and Paul Stanley say the most ridiculous things. Of course they do, and there's there's even one where um, I think he actually had like Lars Ulrich from Metallica convinced that he was <laughs> right. Was, was uh gene simmons it's absolutely hilarious but my, you know, my, fa- not, my favorite has to be the dumbest person in the world no no because my favorite Trump rock and roll so. my favorite rock and roll impersonator story is the guy that spent like 20 years pretending to be randy meisner from the eagles and like first oh, of geez. like of all people to be like randy meisner he and for those who don't know he was the bass player before timothy b schmidt and he's the guy that yeah. sang take it to the limit 
and yep. and he and, had crippling stage fright, and he had to quit the band because he couldn't go out there and sing the song every night. And he got into a fist fight with uh, with uh, Glenn Fry and everything. But anyway, this guy somehow started pretending to be Randy Meisner like twenty years later, and got away with it for a long, long time, to the point where he actually once got into a limo with Don Henley. And and Don Henley thought that he was Randy Meisner. Like he doesn't look like him or anything, or talk like him. But it just shows that that Don Henley was such an a hole. He didn't even remember what the guy looked like that was in his band. Well, if if Dennis Leary talks about you when you're in it on MTV and his and his act, there's a reason why Don Henley is who he is. You know. <laughs> yeah. But anyhow, how's everybody tonight? Spooktacular. What's up? What's on your mind? Tonight? I'm spooktacular. Well. Not to do same shameless self promotions, but uh, I know we've been guests on the show before. Mm-hmm. So, the band Brian Savidian, we've got a uh, concept album in the works. Nice. We're um, we're wrapping a concept album around the Zodiac Killer, as well as the Bridgewater Triangle. Wow, interesting. So they're going to be a couple different subjects. Um, we're going to be working with a few different local and major promoters and uh i think it will be quite interesting i like it gonna play locally i assume of course we're looking at the vault uh, yeah. hopefully uh with a little work help from roger sure uh, yeah he'll registry records but uh, uh uncle roger uncle roger yes you, hey. you can't uh, forget closer than ken but you know no. i grew up couple, with roger uh, <laughs> <laughs> We've got a couple other uh, prospects out there, but that's going to be the best thing for right now. But, well, and, uh, you and know, speaking we of the vault, love to come on the air and talk about it. Absolutely. Speaking of the vault, uh, the Fun 107 Monster Mash Party, which has been held for like the last 30 years at Whites of Westport, we're moving it to the vault this year so that we can have the party in downtown New Bedford. So it's happening mm. Friday, October 25th. I'll be there. Uh, and uh, we'll have DJ Gazelle spinning music. But uh, everybody's invited to come down and take part in the Monster Mash, we're going to have a costume contest that we've decided that because the level of commitment to the costumes has become so high, we have to give a bigger cash prize. So I, I can't really tell the exact number now because uh, I don't have confirmation, but we're talking about it might be like a $1,000 prize for the oh, best costume. And we're definitely going to do $100 to for a gift certificate to the best makeup. So uh, certainly come on down to the Monster Mash party Friday, October 25th, 10 p.m., at the vault of Creasy Luck, and I'd love to see some people come down that are Spooky South Coast fans, uh, and, and uh, maybe somebody will come down dressed as Moniz for Halloween. That might, <laughs> maybe Moniz may come down That and might win the it. prize. Well, if you dress as you, then that doesn't count. But if somebody else dresses as you, you know, that might be a prize winner. All you need to do is get um, John Brightman to do your airbrushing, and you guys will be, you'll win. <laughs> I'm, I'm considering asking him to, to zombify me again for that event because he did such a great job at the zombie prom. That, uh, and, and yeah, I didn't that feel it. Amazing. I didn't feel it the whole night. It was like it wasn't even on my face. So if he can, if he can pull that off, so that I can still do my regular job while I'm there, because I'm going to have to take all the photos and stuff for the website and all that kind of stuff. You know, I don't get to, uh, I don't get to to party like everybody else does. I'll I'll be working. But it's uh, 10 p.m. to 1:30 a.m. Friday, October 25th at the Vault. Should be a lot of fun. And also, by the way, I I think I can say this on the air. The vault, greasy luck. We have the whole building, by the way. We're going to have the not only the oh, vault, but the also whole... the the restaurant side too. Oh, and I think I can say this: building is haunted. Really, very haunted. We uh, we were able to. Stephanie and I have investigated it twice. 
Uh, one of the times we brought Porter with us and we brought Len, uh, Len and Peggy with us. And um, we've, we found uh, a lot of activity, uh, really? especially in the basement area. But uh, So I, I recommend people coming out and, and partying with us. It's a great place and a great time. And there'll be drink specials and food specials and all kinds of stuff. We'll have to look into that. All right. Well, thank you for giving us a buzz. I'm, no I'm going to try and share the story in the time that we have left of what happened at Venford Hall. So stay tuned. You're going to like this no story, problem, I no think. Problem. All right, Tim. You and Matt have a good night. Take and it Matt easy. Matt. Have a good one. That is, that is our friend Ross, of course. Yep. Uh, so we have about uh, eight minutes left. Let me try and get through this story uh, so that I can kind of let everybody know what happened at Venford Hall. Now, uh, give a little bit of background about Venford Hall. Well, what's funny we... is we don't even need it for this story because okay. I don't even know if this entity is tied into Venford Hall. That's how cool it is. But it's a Gilded Age mansion uh, that was built in the, I want to say, the early 1900s. I think it was 19... 1906 or something. Yeah, it was. So And it's been completely restored, or almost completely restored now. Uh, They do a great job there of of, uh, putting all the money that they get right back into into Venford Hall. People have weddings there and all kinds of stuff. But um, when we were there, we had a group of people who wanted to kind of walk around and, and some of them did their own thing on the first floor. Some of them wanted to go upstairs to the second floor. So I said, anybody that wants to go with me and try the Estes method, we can go upstairs. So a group of people started following us and there was a gentleman there who was there the last time we were there, Rick. Uh, he lives locally out that way, I believe. And so Rick was uh, very excited to try the Estes method uh, with us. Uh, and, and we went to what was the room of uh, uh, Sarah Morgan. Now, this house was built. It was the summer home of the sister of J.P. Morgan, Sarah Morgan. Mm -hmm. And so we went to what they call her room, and I I think it actually was her bedroom. So we're in that room. We're running an Estes Method session. And for those of you who don't remember, that's when you are running. We use EchoVox, but other people use Ghost Boxes. But you're running this device, and the person who is listening to what's coming out of it is wearing a blindfold and noise-canceling headphones so that they can't be influenced by the questions that are being asked. We're asking the questions. They're just listening directly to the device and just repeating what they hear. They don't know the questions, so there's no like bias in, in what it is that they're trying to hear. So what ended up happening is uh, this gentleman, Rick, was the first person to go under, and he was kind of making some connections with some of the spirits there, but nothing kind of really overt. All of a sudden, I said, you know, we're going to swap, swap out. All of a sudden, a woman volunteered to do it who was the most quietest, meekest person of the investigation. And uh, it was kind of surprising that she would volunteer to do it. But she told me later that something kind of told her to be the one to do it. Mm-hmm. And as she is underneath and she's hearing this stuff come through the Echo Vox, uh, it's mentioning Rick by name multiple times. Uh, it keeps saying up, 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 up. And we've gotten that before on yeah. the Echo Vox. We don't really know necessarily what it, what it means necessarily. Uh, but it's saying Rick and up and over and over again. And uh, it was telling us its name was Benjamin. And we were getting kind of the feeling that it might have been a child. And like it was saying up, up, up because it wanted to get picked up. And so we started kind of going with that line of questioning, and it didn't really didn't really resonate or make sense. This is second going floor on. in the middle part of the uh... yes, kind of like the kind of like the back corner. Yeah, um, kind of directly over the area where they, they with the, the bathtub. Doors. It, there's a room in the you back. walk through a bathroom to, to yeah. get to there. Yeah, uh, remember last time when I was there, we, we had um, one of those uh, connects or whatever. You mm-hmm. know. W- Somebody got me with a little kid uh, 
stick figure thing, mm-hmm. and we had an interaction there. Oh, that same room there. So, yeah, maybe yeah. It's, it's the same spirit. So what happened was it kept saying up so much that I, I was like, maybe it has something to do with the staircase. So I was like, Rick, come with me. And so Rick and I walked over to the third floor staircase, and it was like as he got closer to the stairs, it was like he got hit with something, just like wham. And he said he described it as having a 150-pound weight that was suddenly on his shoulders. Uh, and then he got to the stairs, and suddenly that weight was lifted. And what's weird is before he even told me that he felt the weight was being lifted, I just happened to look up the staircase, and I saw a shadow move from at the top of the stairs – from the, the the very top of the staircase backward, like toward the landing that was behind us for the third floor. And I thought that that was weird. And I turned to him and he had a completely different look on his face and he was crying. And I said, you know, are you all right? And he said, the, the weight that I just took on has been lifted. And I was like, well, that's kind of really weird, but it, it had an emotional effect on him. So we went back into the room and when we got into the room and they were still doing the, the Estes method, excuse me, the uh, the the woman still talking, uh, you know, still repeating what it was that she's hearing, and we said, "Benjamin, are you are you still here with us?" And it said, "No." And we're like, "Well, where are you?" And it said, "Heaven." Hmm. And so we think, I don't really believe that we can move spirits on, but we've and and that came up before I brought Rick over to the staircase. Somebody had asked if there was a spirit that wanted to be moved on and you know me when that happens in a, at an event i always say nope we're not doing that here because it's, it's not what we're here for this place did not call us in to help move on any spirits that are here our job is just to go in there and experience it chronicle it and then leave it alone because it's not our place to decide uh, plus i don't really think people can move spirits on i think they decide whether or not they're going to yeah the spirit yeah. decides yeah. and it doesn't even mean that they move on they might just say you know what i'll just stay quiet then for the next couple hundred years till you're gone uh but then you know, the room, the atmosphere in the room had totally changed. The feeling had completely lightened. And uh, and Rick was so emotional about it that I, I I had to kind of consider the possibility that maybe a spirit did move on through Rick, that he he carried it from that room, the staircase maybe just being, uh, you know, just a, a, a an avatar almost, uh, just being kind of uh, standing in place for the idea of actually moving up and on to the next level. And uh, and maybe he actually helped carry the spirit from the, the the house to heaven. I don't know. Like I said, I don't believe in it, but I have to kind of go with what the information was that we were getting and at least accept that as a possibility. So a little cool story there, something that happened at Venford Hall. Uh, hopefully, when we'll get a chance to go back there and do another event. We can see if Benjamin's still there when we return. But I'm not going back unless they're going to let us into that basement. That yeah. basement's cool. But uh, they also had some pretty good cookies and stuff for us as well. So maybe that could actually convince me to go anyway. I'll drive three hours into the Berkshires for some good cookies. We are going to be uh, back next Saturday night. As I mentioned, our guest will be Lex Lonehood from Coast to Coast AM talking about his book, Nightmare Land. But don't forget, join us this Friday at the Fearing Tavern in Wareham, Massachusetts. Uh, tickets to that event are $75. You can get them at SpookySouthCoast.com. We're going to give you pizza dinner. We're going to give you salad. We're going to give you drinks, you know, uh, non-alcoholic drinks and snacks throughout the course of the night all included and you'll also get the chance to investigate the fearing tavern and three other historical buildings to raise money for the wareham historical society check out spooky if you want to find out more about that or some of the other great stuff 
that we have going on through the month of October. That'll do it for this week. Uh, until next week, when we come back to talk with Lex. Until then, for Matt, for Matt, for Stephanie, I'm Tim. We want you all to stay spooktacular.